Hi, and welcome back to the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc. Today, we have a very special episode brought to you by Latitude 59, the flagship startup and tech event of the world's first digital society taking place in Tallinn, Estonia from the 24th to the 26th of May. Latitude 59, in collaboration with the Syndicate by Estonia Business Angels Network and Terra VC, is looking for bold and promising startups that are shifting paradigms and changing the world for the better to compete for 1 million euros in 2023. The application deadline is April the 9th, so make sure not to miss it. And on that note, we are happy to welcome Andres, founding partner of Terra VC, and Martin, Head of Business Development at Technopol, member of SBAN and co-lead of the 1 million euro investment during Latitude 59 conference. If you enjoy our content, do support us by hitting the follow button, giving us a review and following the European VC on LinkedIn. Martin Andrews, welcome to the European VC. I'm so happy that we made it to make this happen in all, you know, I'd say uh, with all all sirens blazing out because we had to schedule this just yesterday for the recording today and then we'll publish tomorrow. So I think we've never done anything as rushed as this. So I'm super happy that you guys made it to clear out your calendar for it. Yeah, happy to be here. Likewise, yeah. And guys... I always ask our guests to introduce themselves first. And and you two come from two different backgrounds, one being a representative of a VC firm, Terra, as you just heard in the intro, and, and Martin on behalf of the local business angel network. So, Andres, tell us what is Terra VC and, and why are you amazing? <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a previous uh, founder myself and and during financial crisis thought that yeah, probably it's better to sit actually on the other side of the table and now I'm a founding partner of uh, Terra Ventures uh, Tallinn Bay Seed Fund. Uh, we're currently investing from our 45 million euro second fund. Estonia is a whole market but we actually cover new Nordics as well so um, um, why are we special? Um, yeah, as I said, we've been doing this for quite some time and all three Terra partners uh, uh, our our um, uh, previous founders as well. So we we have this high conviction hands-on mode. We really enjoy helping portfolio companies. And well, during the 14 years we've been investing, we have built like pretty uh, pretty big capability to actually help. So yeah, when we started, the main goal was to get the very best international investors into our portfolio companies, and we succeeded initially with uh, US. Uh, VCs, see the best and brightest uh, East Coast investors have invested uh, after us. And then we thought, okay, well, why would we stop there? And and we obviously uh, expanded the syndicate to other uh, European countries. We've also done uh, several deals with Japanese investors. And when we raised this current fund, we thought, okay, maybe we can help even more. And we actually succeeded getting all pretty much global LPs and also strategic LPs in the fund. So yeah, three from the US, two from Japan, and the strategic ones are actually interested to uh, see deals through us. So they are interested in direct investments and commercial collaboration as well. If you think about it, the value of that for startups uh, or startups is, is pretty special because um, 
uh, well, this kind of help they actually really need. So this commercial collaboration, which is quite uh, unique, at least in our uh, region, this is like a soft lending uh, partnership opportunity in, in the US and, and uh, actually Asia as well. Yeah. Our audience knows this. We love <laughs> discussing LP bases and how you, you built your fund around that and how you get them into, into the fund in the beginning. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the focus of, of today's conversation, but I think that that sounds like there's something for many emerging managers to, to reach out to Andrews to hear a bit about there, because I think that nailing the, the LP value prop so that it's more than just returns in 10 or 12 years is, is something that not everyone is, uh, is, is capable of. Uh, and it sounds like it's something that you guys have done in a quite good way. But Martin, let's shift the attention to you. Tell us a bit about yourself, how you ended up becoming an angel and as involved as you are now with the Estban. Yeah, sure. My entrepreneurship like career attended, I guess, in, back in 2005, six, uh, when I had like a small scale exit from one advertising agency I, I, I helped to manage and build. And, and after that, I have actually been involved with Tallinn Science Park Technopol activity. So it has been already like 17 years. And, and Tenopol is a really nice environment that supports the growth of tech companies uh, in the politics, mostly and foremost in Estonia. And, and we are working with startup companies, scaling companies, but also corporations and providing them like access to, to financing and capital and investments, but also access to markets, supporting product development and so on. So we are like basically a support organization that works with hundreds of tech companies daily based. And I had a nice chance to build up the acceleration or incubation program at the Science Park. So basically for six years, I worked rather hands-on with early stage startup companies, which mostly originated from, again, from politics, but also from the neighboring countries outside that. And, and we had like a track record of working with around 280 or up to 300 companies basically at that very time. And the main goal and target of this program was all designed around fundraising. So this investor interaction, especially in angels investment stages, it was like rather natural work for me, uh, which I encountered in daily based. And then, yeah, right now I have made some shifts uh, in terms of uh, my assignments here at Technopol, but uh, the nice thing happened and I joined in the ESPAN, the Estonian Business Angels Network, and I have been quite an yeah, active member there for like past four years now. And which I found really astonishing was that you can actually like participate in the success stories of those companies that you support normally as a mentor. So ESPAN kind of gave me this perspective and I could easily join in the syndicated investments that ESPAN is conducting. And then ever since I have been like quite active as an angel, angel as well. And right now I'm holding like the portfolio of around 10 companies where I have been invested and with whom I'm working quite hands-on till today as well. But in terms of ESPAN, then yes, uh, syndicates are a rather obvious thing for us to do. And this time I'm really glad to lead the syndicate because the volumes of ESPAN, they have like grown significantly. We already have like 280 members. And last year, ESPAN actually invested around 15 million euros to early stage companies in Estonia, uh, which is an, quite an astonishing number there as well. And uh, syndicates are something that angels are especially looking for because I guess like 50 
percent out of those investments are syndicated ones. This time we are putting together like a dedicated syndicate under the Espan roof and, and wish to invest that to the very best company during the Latitude 59 conference. Yes, and we are going to talk much more about Latitude 59 because you are a bit, I'd say I'm living life vicariously through you now because I unfortunately will not be able to attend the conference. I just want to hear from you guys exactly why it is that I should be crying about every night that I won't be able to attend. So could you share me a bit first about the conference and why you see it and why it has grown to be such a pillar in the community as it has? And then after that, also tell me a bit about that 1 million euro syndicate that you guys have put together, because I think that that's definitely a good trend that we're seeing from the tech conferences that they're putting money behind the winners. But let's start on, on Latitude 59. Why is it that I should be crying myself to bed tonight as I think, fuck, I won't be able to make it? So you, you shouldn't just be crying. You should be preparing yourself. How can you explain this to your grandchildren that uh, you had a chance to win this 1 million uh, euro investment? And it's not just this investment. Well, Estonia is a unicorn factory of the world. Obviously, you could have well, built a unicorn using this 1 million euros and you didn't. So, <laughs> so it's like, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Lisi and I, the uh, CEO of, of Latitude, we have a uh, long-standing campaign against the local airline services that they are not flying direct from uh, the, the closed airport for me uh, so that I could have made it in time maybe for my commitment that I have the day after. But guys, tell me a bit about, because Latitude 59 is not like most other tech conferences in the sense that it's actually a little bit smaller, but that's a strength of the conference that I find rather than a weakness. Could you share me a bit your views on that? Right now, I, I guess it's going to be 11th time and we are going to have this Latitude 59 conference here. And it all started with rather limited like pool of people attending that. And right now, I guess we have like kept the, the number of participants to up to 3,000 people. And, and this is the main like kind of reason that why the conference is as exclusive as it is. But in the bottom line, Latitude 59, I guess for me, it kind of represents the awesome opportunity where actually the early stage investors and also like vertical specific companies can meet and discuss actually around the fundraising itself. So it's narrowed down to a very specific focus. So it's all about the interaction between the companies, let's say in health, deep tech, green technologies, digital technologies as well. And it brings together like very decent pool of international investors who are especially active in those verticals and those areas. The topics are very much related to the verticals of the companies that participate, but each and every time we see like the increasing interest from startups, but also from VCs who want to attend the conference. And I guess this year we are going to have like the maximum seats sold. So we're expecting to have like 3K participants at least in, in, in Tallinn. One more thing to add up here is that as Latitude like is clearly competing with big like conferences like Slush and, and, and things like that happening in the Nordics in general, which bring together thousands and thousands of people, then in my perspective, I kind of like love this intimacy. You have like the chance to really meet the people you want to meet and get like the awesome experience uh, through the handpicked. Uh, speakers that are there on the stage. Each and every time the conference has a specific topic as well. This year it's going to be mostly around impact, impact investing, and the companies who are going to make the impact in the next decade. So I'm really excited about the main team and topics as well. You're doing a 1 million euro syndicate to back the best founder of the, uh, or best founding team of the conference. And 
I'm always curious to hear how, what's the story behind that? How did it come together? Because we're all seeing them behind every tech conference right about now. So I'm curious to hear what was the process there? Where, where did, did it come from and, and, and where do you see it going? Andros, maybe I can jump in. We start by describing like what has happened before and why we are like extremely proud to have such money at the table right now. So Espan has actually been working with Latitude 59 throughout these 10 years of, of, of existence, basically. And each and every time Espan has put together the syndicate among the angels. And uh, normally those syndicates to reach up to 300k that has been like invested to the winner of pitch competition. And this is where it all like started off. And, and I guess this is the trail that is still ongoing in terms of, of collaborating with Latitude 59. But this time we, we kind of had the ambition to like uh, seize the opportunity and actually extend the size of the investment. And we very heavily like started to look out for additional opportunities. Like where can we bring in additional interested investors? And basically this is where we find found Andrews. And then as an angel, as a lead angel, I have never worked together with a VC. And then this is going to be, I guess, the new one for both of us. But Andrews maybe can elaborate a bit on the more on the fact like why they decided as a VC to jump on with this initiative. Yeah, from our perspective, we've been actually supporting Latitude from the very beginning as well. So, um, so it was actually a, another name of the event even before um, it became Latitude. We've been always close to the process and, and actually uh, part of the um, jury as well. So it was kind of a natural evolution to actually well, put our money on the table as well, because we, we know this uh, quality of the deal flow and and we certainly believe that a larger ticket now um, actually attracts uh, more and, and better deal flow as well. So uh, and we're not just, uh, I don't know, this is not a lottery ticket for us. We are running our own uh, investment process uh, in the background. And this is all well, a real investment for us as well. So we will obviously be um, continuously supporting this team that we invest in going forward. Yeah. It's going to be rather challenging for us as well because we, we basically want to like align the due diligence process with the VC fund and our angels used to do that. So it's going to be a completely new thing to do for us. But yeah, I, I totally agree with Andrus. This fund. one million is is something that we were targeting mostly because like deep tech companies mostly are in demand of fire financing grounds, the valuations of the companies might be higher. So at least through that uh, syndication, we have the opportunity to invest in a wider scope of companies, basically. There's multiple parts in this that I want to unpack because I think the very first thing is, and you touched on it, is the due diligence process. I'm curious to hear, and I can ask this question in the provocative manner and also in in a less provocative manner. Being a media guy, I'll of course choose the provocative manner. So I'll ask you, how do you avoid creating another slush gate? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, we are running our usual investment process as Terra. So it was actually kind of even inspiring this uh, slush situation because um, I think it is possible to run it properly. So we are not really concerned about this. Yeah, so. Procedure-wise, we expect to have something maybe close to 500 applications from the companies eventually. 
we are strictly like relying on the due diligence processes that we have like established already. And then TerraVC has the awesome one and Espan has a quite track record of conducting due diligence as well. But in this conference case, there are going to be like different layers where very many people can like screen those companies. So it all starts off with like evaluating the online applications, narrowing it down to top 40 companies having the pitching uh, sessions with all those companies. After that, we select around like 10 companies who are going to proceed. And there again, preliminary due diligence uh, meetings are going to be held with each and every companies and, and so on. So basically the screening process itself, it's, it's rather complete, uh, rather precise. So we expect to like see those red flags in the very beginning. And what is also very awesome is that in the angel syndicates, uh, we see around 30 to 40 people actually participating in the syndicated round from ESPAN. And we can engage all those people uh, to screen through the deal flow together with us. And this is kind of more than like 30 extra eyes who are basically screening the deal flow. And, and uh, I, I guess this is enough to make sure that nothing bad slips through. So. And yep. I imagine, Martin, that that is actually also a very cool process for you as Estpan to have running, meaning building an angel community is community building. So in that sense, I, I imagine it's a cool joint effort for you to have, which you don't normally have in the same way, right? So am I right in saying that it's a project that for you as your band has made a lot of sense to get involved in for that reason as well? Yeah, absolutely. The process itself, I, I guess... Uh, what I can proudly say is that Espan has a very like decent track record already in, in syndicating investments. And as an organization, Espan is participating in those syndicates as well. And I guess uh, we have, through those syndications for Espan, we have invested in 12, 13 companies, which all have proven to be rather successful ones. And I guess the one reason why the success has been like achieved is, is definitely because you can work with such a wide of set of experiences, such a wide set of people representing those experiences and engage them if the need occurs, right? So they can validate the assumptions, hypotheses, you can play around with the ideas and everything. So it's definitely a really supportive community. I totally like encourage everybody to participate in those like syndicates because it gives you like very good first-hand experience, like how to conduct all those processes before the investment and make the investment happen. And the main goal there is to actually build an extra layer of new lead investors as well, who can take the lead role in, in those syndicates. And I want to pick up on that encouragement for everyone to participate, but from another angle, which is, of course, we've got a lot of VCs listening in here and, and, and also angels that all have their own portfolio and are thinking, is this something that makes sense for our portfolio? First of all, I can say that we've got a couple of days left until the deadline for submission. So timing-wise, it's not out of the picture. Second thing, and that's what everyone is, of course, going to be thinking is, what are the terms for this? Is it, does it come as a convertible note? Does it come as uh, as equity? And, and how do you think about that? How do you sort that out when you don't yet know exactly what the investment is going to be? Yeah, that's not decided upfront. So uh, it, it depends on the startup. It depends on the um, 
all deal we can actually agree with startup yes yeah from our end uh, as Anders mentioned we are very open uh, so it can mean that yes there is going to be the equity investment it can be the convertible depending on the company we are like agreeing upon this term sheet before the investment and all those terms there are going to be the subject for the negotiation as well and and also like one thing that we want to definitely highlight here is that this one million in total is the money that we have syndicated we can even like select maybe more than one companies where we actually invest the money because some companies come with like maybe lower capital demand and in those cases if we see like a good fit there then maybe we can even pick up like two maybe even three companies who receive the very early stage uh, investment but yeah we can make so in that sense it's a, it's a million as a pot of money not a million as one deal necessarily yeah, not necessarily, but it can be one deal as well. Are there any criteria? Because, of course, it's a it's a pan-European conference in the sense that everyone is flying to Tallinn for this. What about for this this opportunity? Is that only for Baltic or Nordic-based startups, or is it also available for everyone? Yeah, I think it is available for everybody, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, we don't have any geographical like restrictions on that. So, yeah, everybody is welcome. <laughs> And how did you think about that going into it? Because Andrew, your fund invests specifically in, in the Nordics, primarily at least. And and Martin, I'm, I have a feeling that you've also done more <laughs> Estonian-based deals than you've done deals in Portugal. So I'd love to hear, how do you think about that as the investors behind the syndicate? From Terra side, we are yeah, uh, limited to our region, uh, actually. But uh, as I said, Estban is not, so uh, and, and this ticket can be split. So its region is not necessarily a, a problem. But of course, I mean, as, as usual, investors are um, all mainly focused still on, on nearby markets. Yeah, so. yeah, we, we all have an investment strategy. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. The same thing applies to the angels as well. They love investing more to their like close geographical locations, right? So Estonia, potentially neighboring countries, Europe as well. I guess, again, like this uh, syndicate, it represents at the very same time a good like a setup of angels as well, because not all the angels participating in this syndicate are Estonian ones. So meaning that there are actually angels from different other countries as well. And we uh, just spoke about that. A couple of Danish ones have also joined in. Yeah, Danish ones, uh, Finnish, Swedish, German, for instance. So it might give like a very good perspective for like other companies as well, because we are always taking into account the general opinion of those angels. And if they have like this international kind of uh, background there, then we are not like ruling anything out there. So pretty flexible on the And, 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 and to be fair, uh, the majority of the participants at Latitude 59 are always also from the Nordic Baltics region. In that sense, it's not like there's a huge disconnect in the sense that the price will most likely also go to a star that will be coming from that region. But... Yeah. You said something else that here that I would love to then swift to, which is a bit of a Baltic steep dive. And we've had a couple of those. We've spoken to uh, Andres from Change before. We've spoken to Sim as well, Sim Teller that many will know from the ecosystem, where we've been diving into the Baltics and trying to understand exactly where is the Baltics. And if I'm not wrong, I've also heard people say, well, Estonia is a bit of a funny one because it's in the middle between the Baltics and, and, and Scandinavia. So for that reason... Some think of it as part of, of Scandinavia, some people think of it, or the Nordics, and, and some think of it as part of the Baltics. First, I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Is Estonia Baltics or Nordics? So we're exactly in the middle of new Nordics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, yeah, we have always been having this ambition to catch up with uh, Scandinavia or be more close to Scandinavia. So, and, uh, and we've been, well, 
actually quite successful with that. So if you take any of those metrics uh, from per capita perspective, we are at par or even we exceed Scandinavian levels. So uh, so yeah, we're, well, our 10 unicorns mean for this 1.3 million population that we're number two after Israel, actually. We see great opportunity in the countries to the south from us, and not just Latvia, Lithuania, but well, other Central Eastern European countries as well. So, um, yeah, going forward, I think this is a huge growth market. So, for various reasons, um, actually, yeah. I can surely say that the Estonian business angels are working more together with the angels in the Nordics. And then it has been historically like that, just because like this angel like movement and all this pan network that we have established here, we basically take the role, we took the role model from our Finnish like neighboring pan networks. Because of that, we are kind of like feel very convenient in working with those networks uh, as well. But definitely like the Baltic countries uh, in terms of Latvia and Lithuania, they are like reaching there as well because the angel networks are becoming like more vibrant there as well. So we, each and every time, if we syndicate like those investments, we see like more and more angels jumping in from those regions as well. And then what I'm extremely proud of is the very fact that like five years back or so, we saw like a huge margin between the, the startup companies established in the Nordics or in Estonia, for instance, and, and compared that to Latvia or Lithuania. And right now, I guess this cap is going to be like filled rather quickly as well. So we see like more and more very interesting prospects coming from other Baltic states. And this is the reason why the angels are maybe more falling in line with those markets as well, because very many interesting prospects are actually happening there. Now, my next question would be the verticals of Estonia. Why should, because our audience is very pan-European, right? So what should our audience know Estonia for when it comes to verticals? So I said the, the foremost vertical is the unicorn vertical. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good one. <laughs> Actually, uh, I think uh, statistically and, and from our own preference perspective as well, fintech is the main one. Uh, that's our main focus uh, in terms of uh, industries, actually. But it's it's not uh, like really dominating. There are several authors which are um, quite substantial. So, uh, And it's certainly more B2B than B2C. But yeah, we, we are agnostic, so we're sort of uh, well, very uh, happy to uh, to look at anything really. So as like and, and those new and emerging things, and um, well, not so popular um, verticals as well. So it's uh, well, smallness is is a it's it is a well still a limited ecosystem, right? So smallness is is a benefit. You can observe anything, everything really. Yeah, so yeah, just to add up here, then I would definitely like to emphasize the like switch which is happening i guess all over the world but also in estonia because as andrews mentioned these unicorns that we have they are mostly in digital technologies right and then now we kind of encounter this switch where more like the deep tech like branch is appearing and then there we are talking definitely about like an extending number of green tech health tech maybe other like deep tech vertical companies and there are couple of reasons why it's happening very fastly especially in Estonia first of all 
There are very many like dedicated incubation acceleration programs happening right now who support the early stage deep tech kind of companies. So we see this like number increasing rather rapidly. And the second reason is, is definitely related to the direction of the venture capital. So there are a lot of different like venture capital funds going to be established uh, with the help of SmartCap, which is the governmental fund fund, which is basically initiating those private public funds initially, and those funds are going to take very deep tech or green tech focus eventually. This is again like one of the reasons the access to the capital is going to be more like accessible, more easy for the companies. So definitely it's going to like change the environment or at least the verticals where the startups are operating. One thing I would mention uh, beyond uh, all this um, this defense and and cyber, and actually this is uh, one of the main topics of uh, latitude this year as well. So it it has been quite a um, dominant sector already, and it's it's obviously in this current environment it's it's even more uh, important. And uh, importantly, this uh, NATO acceleration initiative here as well. So uh, so NATO is is playing a big part of this uh, here in Estonia also. Yeah. Soon we will do a, an EVC podcast dedicated to what's going on in defense tech in Europe, because I think that we're, we're going to see a lot of both very exciting startups and, and, and funds coming up in this space. But gentlemen, let us rush to the quickfire round. Are you guys ready for it? You know the format. It's 30 to 60 seconds each for each of my questions. Are you ready? Sure, sure. First question is, what areas, technologies, or sectors excite you the most that other people don't really feel that excited about? Definitely deep tech is something that rings the bell. Like looking at the portfolio or the investments I have made like recently, they are all very R&D specific or R&D heavy companies. So definitely green technologies, health tech, cyber defense, for instance, as the vertical, they are very intimidating for me. So I totally like believe in those verticals. Yeah, so as said, we are proudly agnostic. So we are um, looking into everything which may not feel sexy right now as well. So for instance, uh, I'm currently doing a deal in legal tech, which is usually considered quite hard and difficult to monetize, but been following this for quite some time. And uh, you can find deals in uh, in unusual places, yeah. <laughs> I believe that. Next question. What are your top tips for emerging VCs across Europe who are fundraising? And I will ask Andres to go first with the VC perspective here. And then Martin, I'll ask you, because I'm sure that you have gotten decks from VCs approaching you as an angel. So tell us afterwards, what is it that, that VCs should keep in mind when they reach out to people like you and your organization? So the obvious one is, well, you really need to have some resilience I think the hit rate uh, for VCs to raise uh, LP money is is lower than well startups raising from VCs. So you're, the number of no's is is higher, um, which can be painful, right? So, but uh, the uh, the actual suggestion I have is that well, you should be like creative when you are thinking about LPs or, or targeting them as well. So you can. Find some, as I said, well, in our case, we actually have three U.S. and two Japanese LPs. So if you look uh, further away, if you look into niches, uh, you can find interesting uh, investors. And uh, as I said, in our case, they are not just here for the uh, direct uh, financial returns. They are all interested in much more. 
So you can actually uh, find investors who are interested in various things and you can well, build value for them. And this is a much more interesting game, actually. So it's, it's highly synergetic as well. And some of those investors may be actually much easier accessible as well. So um, Definitely. I think for European VCs right now, it does make sense to move outside of Europe. Martin, what's your take? First of all, I definitely want to like encourage the VC funds to approach us and, and really encourage them to actually work together with angels as well, maybe even more than they are doing that today. Because I, I guess this like stage investment that we are like seeing all the time, like I don't know, like every each and every VC is basically referring that okay, we're doing early stage investment. And and this basically right away for me at least means that they can very easily collaborate with angels as well. So I'm really encouraging them to do that because there is high value in terms of different people participating in those syndicates and, and you can get like extra set of people who are very very hands-on with the company or with those prospects where you like want to invest. And and second thing I really want to mention here is that the business angel network organizations, they are very open for VC funds as well. So if you want to like look around what is happening in, in this region, you can easily like join in Nespan as an associated members and interact with the angels, get like acquaintance with everybody and screen the deal flow, what is going through the PAN network. So definitely a good point to take from here. Final question. What is the most counterintuitive thing you've learned since you started in venture? And Andres, I'll let you start again. Venture capital is all about outliers, meaning that, yeah, unusual or, or low probability scenarios uh, actually often materialize. And these can be highly valuable as well. So uh, so you really need to have this open mind and and consider all the possibilities and, and not just focus on the mainstream. I just want to add to anyone listening and thinking, well, that was not a very counterintuitive thing to say. It actually is. But we've been in venture, all of us, for so long that it's now become second nature. But when you're racing from LPs that haven't got much exposure to startup investing, it's definitely counterintuitive that you would want to be pouring money into uh, 30 different startups and then only two of them are really making your big return. So in that sense, do remember, everyone, that this is actually a very counterintuitive point to most. Martin, take us off. What's the most counterintuitive thing you've learned? Again, like taking the angel perspective and, and and maybe elaborating a bit of the view of the syndicates that we have like put in together. Angels are mostly about like guts feeling and previous experience, right? So if they understand the vertical, if, if their gut feeling is good, then they are like making the investment decisions and taking bravely the, the responsibilities on that. What I have like learned through those syndicates is that if you are working with a very like different set of people, then those syndicates kind of become like a, VC entities in that sense, like yeah. huge knowledge there, huge like perspective of, of different people there, very good access to deal flow and so on. So I guess uh, if you want to like encounter how VCs are working and how the venture is working, then again, like the final words, like join those pan networks and join in the syndicates and you get like a really good and wide set of experience how the venture is working there. Andreas, I have a question and a suggestion for you as well after all this. So you probably yes. now have realized that you, you can't miss the event. So And the suggestion is that when you're here, I'll buy you a beer. If I come, you'll have to buy me five beers. Please, Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> if that's on the table, I will cancel my wife's daughter's siblings, uh, uh, nieces, whatever thing it is that I have <laughs> promised myself to or my wife has promised me to. I'm sure that, that she will understand now that I've got five beers on the table waiting. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us here for on the European VC today. It was a ball. Thank you. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of The European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc. 